Hi, moms. On this week's episode of Read, Watch, or DNF, we travel to suburban Connecticut and visit Stephanie as she tries to desperately connect with other moms and discover what happened to her, quote, best friend, end quote, Emily in Darcy Bell's A Simple Favor and the 2018 film adaptation. This week, we ask the question, are there still people who are really that naive? Also, did the screenwriters of the movie actually read the book? No. So content warnings for this episode. Uh, we're going to talk about or touch on subjects such as suicide, murder, more murder, some drinking and drug use. Oh, yeah. And incest. Gross. Welcome back, everybody, to Read, Watch, or DNF. Mel B. and Jackie D. here are rounding out Mystery May with a considerably less dark A Simple Favor. We definitely need a little more lighthearted offering after last week's adventure. Yeah, some levity. Eh, just a little bit, please. Last we week and the week before, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those were dark. Those yeah. were real dark. We were nope. looking for some whodunits, but we got like F my life. And yeah. Whodunit. <laughs> yeah. Um, note to self do better research next time. Nah, fuck it. Wing it. <laughs> Dive in head first, right? Mm hmm. <laughs> okay. This week we are dedicating the episode to the lovely, lovely Jenny and the beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And it seems just overloaded with personality Kaylee Jenny uh just had Kaylee a couple weeks ago yeah like, and yeah seems like it was yesterday yeah I know but oh. can't wait to meet little Kaylee we haven't met her yet but so our f-bombs are dedicated to a new mother and her newborn yep f-bombs <laughs> <laughs> the baby and if you haven't already you know like us Follow, share, review, uh, reach out on social media. Yeah. You like that? Do you some like stuff. It? We actually have, yeah, we actually have a social media meeting later today. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? All right, Jackie, you ready to talk about what we're drinking? Of course. All right. Um, you know what? Let's do this. I went with, and this is totally by, again, I'm so impulsive. Jackie thinks her things out a bit more than I do. She's like, oh, I had this, this uh, movie, they were drinking a lot of wine. I was like, so I'm going to go and I'm going to get my, my Chardonnay, blah, blah, blah. And then we were in Target and we walked by an aisle and I saw this big ass black bottle of Stella Rosa, uh, black edition. It's a new um, Pride limited edition bottle. It's got, you know, the Pride like colors on it because june is coming up so it's pride month so i was like fuck it getting it because i do love me some stella rosa because i don't even know if there's any alcohol in it but it tastes like juice and i could drink it all day long but i get fucked up on it that is dangerous yeah so kind of like it, it's kind of like jungle juice it is if like you've jungle ever juice. had jungle juice 
you drink a couple and you're like, oh, this is just juice. And then no, the no, Everclear you hits you. It. You can literally just eat the fruit out of it. Like if you cut up all the fruit and put it in. Mm-hmm. I did that one time at a party. I was like, oh, no, I got to work later. I'm just going to like pick pieces of banana and apple or whatever was in Ugh, it out of you it. You lost me a banana. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but I would pick it out and I would eat it. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. You know, get a little taste, a little bit of the the booze but then after like three pieces of fruit i'm like fuck i'm fucked up <laughs> it's, yeah that's what stella rosa is to me i just i'm on my second glass we had brunch this morning um i had a mimosa i'm working my way back into the mimosa james of course was making fun of me the entire time but i finished it i'm finished it okay if anyone's new here and doesn't realize there was several weeks ago before recording, we had brunch. I had way too many mimosas and James put like grenadine in it. Um, and it all came out. That was, that was not good. So my body is slowly reintegrating mimosas back into the diet. Well, it you can like it for a while. You can drink mimosas, but not melmosas. Yeah. Not the melmosas. The, yeah. No grenadine in it. Grenadine is just too sweet. It's a ton of sugar in there. And I look at me blaming the grenadine when I know for a fact is because I literally had like six of them in an hour. <laughs> but I'm blaming the grenadine. Okay. All right. You need so to yeah, have I'm a, drinking... you need to have a scapegoat. Yeah, something. It's not my fault, clearly. Mm-hmm. It's the grenadine's fault. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so I'm drinking Stella Rosa Black. It is a fucking massive bottle. Huge. Probably going to post some pictures of it on the social medias, social medias for you guys. <laughs> so you'll see um, massive. But yeah, it's fantastic. Jackie? Of course, it's a book where there's a lot of wine drinking. That is one of the differences between the book and the movie. Movie, it's a lot of martinis. Uh, book, mm-hmm. it's a shit ton of wine. It's so much wine. If it was yeah. box wine, it would probably be at least like five boxes worth. Yeah, they drink together, separate, uh, everybody. Yeah. Drinking. Even the five-year-olds are drinking it. Oh, yeah. In the sippy cup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, buttercream Chardonnay. Yeah. That's what I'm drinking. Unpredictable. It's okay. It's okay, Jackie. I'm German. So, you know, planning and change is bad. Change is so bad. So we stick, you know, Jackie sticks to the staples, you know, some Chardonnay, mm-hmm. some whiskey. I will be, I, 12. I will be pretty adventurous with beer though. I will branch out. But no sours. No sours, no IPAs. Because disgusting. Yeah. But lagers, porters, stouts, just throw something at me, especially stouts with chocolate in them. So good. Mm. If anyone's a beer lover, Jackie's your gal. Yeah. Not me. Again, Not German. Me, so direct all of your beer questions or comments to Jackie. <laughs> I will promptly ignore them. I will take suggestions if you can think of anything. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jackie did find us another drinking game this week. This movie calls for a drinking game. It has to be. And of course, dependable, dependable drinkwen.ca. Love it. <laughs> So there are six main rules, and there is also an extreme version. Uh, But the six main rules, the first one is drink when anyone says sorry. If you've seen the movie, you'll notice the theme in the beginning. Um, 
and I'm guilty of this. Mel can tell you I'm guilty of this. Mm -hmm. Anna Kendrick's character says sorry a lot for things that are totally out of her control. But yeah. Yeah. Anytime. There's definitely some parallels here between these two characters and us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So for those of you who are wondering, I am definitely, definitely Stephanie, but only in some respects. The mommy blog or whatever, definitely not. Yeah, the helicopter mom thing. But that's even like not because that's what she wants to do. She she's just compensated. But we'll get into that. Yeah. And I'm definitely more of the Emily oh, yeah. side. Yeah. I would say not the murder, but you know, who knows? <laughs> I'm an open book. Uh Mel, let's be honest. If murder is ever on the table, we are helping each other out. Yeah, we <laughs> we know where to hide bodies. <laughs> But if the FBI is listening, we don't actually. No, we don't, no, we, we really don't. And we have no desire to do murder to anybody. So we yeah. don't want to do the murder. We don't want to end up on small town murders. No, no, no. Because that's exactly <laughs> where we would end up. Yeah. Shout out to James and Jimmy. You guys are hilarious. Hey, boo. Cheer up, bitch. <laughs> I almost peed my pants the other day in the car listening to you guys. <laughs> Um, rule number two, Stephanie vlogs or says vlog. I hate that word. I really do. Mm-hmm. It's almost as mm-hmm. bad as the M word. Almost. <laughs> not quite, but almost. That is not almost. an invitation, Mel, vlog. to say that word. Moin. <laughs> uh, drink, uh, rule number three is drink when Emily swears, which happens quite a bit. Yeah, she does. Yep, she yep. showed us. She does love her some F-bombs. Blake Lively has a potty mouth. But she's so pretty when she yeah, does Yeah, she is. She's adorable. Not adorable, though. She's, like, actually gorgeous. Yeah. No, that is, like, the epitome of gorgeous is yeah. her. Anna Kendrick is more on the cute side. and She's adorable. Blake Lively is more on the where did that come from? Like, Greek goddess type beautiful. Like, there would yes. be a statue of her. Brian Isn't Reynolds. this weird? How, here we are women <laughs> just in love with Blake Lively while men are in love with her husband, Ryan Reynolds. Well, I, I'll be honest. I'm kind of in love with him too. Yeah, I love so, them both. Sorry, Nick. But that couple is a power couple, right? There. Oh yeah. They're just wet in everyone's pants. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Rule number three is anyone drinks. <laughs> that happens a lot as well. Rule number four, or no, sorry, that was rule number four. Rule number five is there's a foreign <laughs> music cue. So anytime anybody starts blubbering away in French to a melody drink. Oh, yeah. All the French music that plays. Yeah. That's like the whole soundtrack, too, is just all that French bullshit. Yeah. If you like French music, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. No offense, but not my thing. And rule number six is drink when there's a flashback. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah. yeah. Not as many flashbacks as sharp objects, but there's definitely flashbacks. Oh, yeah. And then finally, for the extreme version, all those rules plus add in Stephanie or Emily for an additional 40 plus drinks each. (laughs) So you're talking probably close to 100 additional drinks if you do both Emily and Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. There's already a bunch of drinks to start off with. Yeah. You and I want to read. I want to read something that they have on that actual uh, site mm-hmm. uh, at the bottom. They do have a warning at the bottom of their page. Oh, really? Yes. Like the whole page, the whole website, or just that page? 
the whole website because it shows up Got on it. the homepage and every single page that has a drinking game on it. This is a Canadian content warning, yes. mind you. It says, understanding limits. It is your responsibility <laughs> to know and follow any applicable drinking laws. Please drink responsibly and remember that any game can also be played with non-alcoholic beverages too. Wait, what a way to hydrate. <laughs> yeah, do it with water. Yeah. Or if you want to give your heart some exercise, do some coffee. Well, with water, it'll be water intoxication at that point, especially when you're talking about the drinking games for Devil Wears Prada or oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's the thing. That is the thing. You can drink too much water. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not saying don't drink water, but moderation, people. Yes. That's what the Canadians want us to know. Moderation. All right. Here we go. Who read what? Who read watched? Who read watched? You <laughs> did it again. Every time, every time. I read watched. Jackie read watched. Who read first? Who watched first? Because that is the premise of this show. Um, we will take turns on who will read that week first and who will watch first, and then we'll swap see if it changes our, you know, our take on it. Except for this next week, month. Except for next month, which we'll get into at the end of the episode. Jackie and I made some mistakes. Like that's why <laughs> moderation people don't make hefty decisions while you're intoxicated but anyway so i read what oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i read watch people i read what no i read first and then watched second and i read of course a paperback um funny thing is i didn't okay so i order most of my books off amazon sometimes we'll go into barnes noble and get a little you know froggy but i, I ordered a whole bunch of books off amazon they came in and then i realized amazon sent me the British publication of this book. So the front title, the title, A Simple Favor, is spelled F-A-V-O-U-R. It's all Britified. I don't, and then on the back, it's talking about mums and mummies and in the, in the, the why? Well, I thought this was a British author maybe, but then I looked her up and she's from fucking Idaho. Well, one of why the characters, one, one of the characters is from England. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that upset about it. The cover is fine. It's actually, I don't even know if it makes any sense. Um, but yeah, it's just got the F-A-V-O-U-R, British. I just, I'm interested why Amazon, because I tried, because, okay, people are like, well, who cares? No, it's fine. Um, but why I'm asking is because there are sometimes uh, special edition covers that are limited to just like certain countries, right? Mm -hmm. So I've looked for books for a specific cover because I want to get, you know, that edition and they either sell it in England or Australia or Canada. Right. So, but it's always difficult. It's always super difficult. And now I went ahead and got one by accident. So I'm a little perturbed about that. <laughs> like I didn't even try to get this one. They this, sent it to me. This is turning into a whole, uh, like we talk about the reviews that are about HBO not the actual yeah. show. My review is actually just about what Amazon sent me. It's not actually about the book. No. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, Amazon. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, fuck you, Amazon. So I read this paperback, of course. Oh, you know what? Look at this. Even on the back, it's in pounds. You know when they give you a little sticker on the back? It's yeah. in pounds. It's in pounds. How many pounds was it? It was seven ninety nine. Okay. Seems Whatever. pretty cheap. Yeah, not, well, I mean, yeah. Well, that's like probably like what almost 12 13 dollars here 14 
probably that's about the price of a paperback so it's, yeah. a, it's about that um this book was published uh in 2017 i want to say by pan books pan books because hmm. it's british it's probably anyway. a division of harper collins it is it, well it says it was first published uh 2017 by harper collins new york first published in the uk 2017 by Macmillan. This paperback edition published 2017 by Pan Books, hmm. an imprint of Pan Macmillan. So, um, you know, this is like the easiest publication info ever on the inside of a book. Sometimes like when I'm trying to look for it, it's it's deep in there. They'll give you all these weird publications. Anyway, I digress. Uh, so paperback, loved it. I mean, the paperback that is. So it's a nice paperback. Uh, then I watched it. And this is what I did. I sat down and I said, Alexa, play a simple favor. Because I assumed it was just going to bring up, you know, maybe it's on Apple or Hulu or whatever and want me to buy it. And then it literally just started playing it hmm. for free. I think it was through Tubi, if that's a thing. I don't, I, I saw that pop up at one point. I'm not familiar with it, but it was for free and it had commercials. So whatever, it wasn't too bad. Well, the commercials are a chance to go up and get another beverage or go to the, use the restroom or yeah, restock on your drinking game. Yeah. So I might try that from new, now on. Just do like, Alexa, play whatever I need you to play. Because I cave all the time and just buy it. Maybe I need Alexa to run my life for me. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Hey, yeah. I watched Red. If we're going <laughs> with the theme. Uh, but I watched first on Prime Video. Video. I did cave and pay for it, but uh, it was made better by the fact that I watched it on a plane on the way to Florida. So hell yeah! Before we Disney went on the cruise. cruise, and then I read Kindle. It was the digital edition published by Harper Collins in 2017. Yeah, this is a relatively new book. I didn't realize how young. Which is, is part of the reason why I didn't understand the whole blog portion of it. Yeah. Because blog seems way, way early 2000s, not... Yeah, like 2004. Yeah, not closer to today. I think that's why I thought it was actually older. Because when I looked up publication, I was like, 2017? Oh, yeah. Okay. Are people actually Whatever. reading stuff on the internet? Yeah, nobody's doing that. I mean, maybe. If you are, yeah, so be it. But... Vlog seems to be the way of right now. Okay, let's actually talk about this book, um, this story, because we're going to make our way through the plot in a little bit. If you were to pick up this book, and mind you, this is the British book summary. I don't know if it's any different than the American, uh, but here we go. So it starts up. It starts with a simple favor, as an F-A-V-O-U-R. <laughs> An ordinary kindness mothers do for one another. When her best friend Emily asks Stephanie to pick up her son from school, she happily says yes. Their children are classmates and best friends, and five-year-olds love being together, just like she and Emily do. As a widow and a stay-at-home blogger, mum, as an M-U-M, living in suburban Connecticut, Stephanie was lonely until she met Emily, a glamorous and successful PR executive. The trouble is that Emily doesn't come back. No matter what the police say, Stephanie knows that she would never leave her son. Terrified, she reaches out to her fellow mummy bloggers. And she also reaches out to Emily's husband. Just to offer her support. I'm sure. What's, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. What Stephanie hasn't shared are the secrets she has buried in a murky past. That's like, they just, that's the whole story. They just yeah. gave it to you on yeah. the back of the book. Yeah. There you go. You yeah. read it, guys. Yeah. Good job. Don't need to actually pick it up and read the words. Yeah. Uh, so I did look it up, the the author, because I was like, why did I get this British book club? That was based, I'm going back to my rant right now. But I found out she is from Western Iowa. Sorry, I said Idaho. I didn't mean to offend any of our Midwestern people out there. It's Iowa, not Idaho. So she's from Western Iaho. I Oh my God, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> I just mixed it. I was like, it's one or the other. It's going to mix them. Iowa. She's from Iowa. Um, and she is actually a preschool teacher in Chicago right now. Hmm. So I'm getting preschool teacher vibes from this book. So that makes sense. Yep. A little weird, but it makes sense. <sighs> anyway. My guess about the British edition is that the Amazon warehouse closest to us had just an overstock of it. And that's mm. what you got. Hey, Mel, just be happy you got it when you were supposed to get it and not be like, sorry, there's a delay. Yeah, Amazon doesn't like me when it comes to delivering books. Mm-hmm. Anything Sometimes else. Them. Anything else. And then anything that Stephen orders, you get yeah. probably early. But books that's for what Mel. I'm Sometimes I, I trick Amazon and I have Stephen order it for me. Because his will come, it'll say three days, but it'll literally come in an hour. Mm-hmm. He hits buy and it's on the doorstep. Yeah. Poof. Mm-hmm. Magic. <laughs> okay. For the movie, uh, we have Stephanie is a single mother with a parenting vlog, spelled with a V, <laughs> as in Victor. It's probably moist, too. Uh, uh, I love you, Mel, but I don't like you so much. Right <laughs> She's now. like, shut up. Stop saying it. <laughs> Or I'm going to walk off set. (laughs) Okay, we'll do it live. (laughs) Okay, Stephanie is a single mother with a parenting vlog who befriends Emily, a secretive upper-class woman who has a child at the same elementary school. When Emily goes missing, Stephanie takes it upon herself to investigate. Uh, The film actually grossed $97 or about there. I think it was a little bit over that, maybe. Uh, Worldwide on a $20 million budget. So they made a tidy profit. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Good for Um, them. The other thing that I found that is sequel is in development. And uh, Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively will be reprising their roles. Stop. Really? Yep. It was announced this month. Uh, okay. So we'll see. Know. Yeah, we'll see where that goes because there's no content for this unless the author slipped a sequel in there somewhere. Yeah. She does have a new movie, or not a new movie, a new book out, but I don't think it has anything to do with this. Mm-mm. I didn't really look at it, though. If we're wrong, we're wrong. Yep. But yeah, a sequel is in development. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about these reviews. Again, we, uh... We only care what the users have to say. People who read it, watched it. We don't care about critics at all. Even though it feels sometimes in Goodreads that some of y'all are trying to be like makeshift critics and just stop. Just stop. All right. Do better. Not just Goodreads. IMDb as well. Yeah, true. Like we get it. You watch it. You have thoughts. But can you just like a couple sentences? All right. Mm -hmm. A paragraph at most. All right, the book on Goodreads is actually a 3.28 out of 5. 3.28 out of 5. Not a lower end. It has about 60,816, last time I checked, review, uh, well, ratings, I should say. 
and over 6,000 reviews. So there's a lot of people that wrote something about this book. Hmm. Five out of five is at 14%. Four out of five stars is 28%. Three out of five is 35%. That's the most. It's the highest percentage. Two out of five, 16. And one out of five, also 16. So um, a lot of people didn't like this book. Mm, it happens. Those are some of the higher numbers on the lower end that I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Usually people don't. They'll, they'll give it like three or whatever. People are pretty forgiving when they do book reviews sometimes. but Or they just don't rate it at all, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or they just don't finish it and they don't go to rate it. So, But yeah, people finished it and then we're like, no. <laughs> fuck this book. <laughs> all right. I got, I got a couple of reviews here. Actually, a few, I should say. First one, five out of five. So I'm part of the minority that really love this book. So this one is acknowledging that people did not like this book. The thing is, though, even though I did really enjoy it, I truly don't know what to say about it. I like the storyline. I actually flew through reading it. It had some really interesting characters that did some really questionable things. All in all, I really love this book, but that's all I can say about it, really. She says really a lot. Really, really, it's really. Just really, 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 really. It's just one of those reads that you either love it or you hate it, in my opinion, which I, I would agree. That is fair. Right on. Yeah, right on. Got a three out of five for you, midway, <laughs> midpoint here. Uh, so this was actually. So I think um, this reader got this book as part of like a book club, and it's called Thriller Athon. It said a recommended read. Uh, yeah, those Thriller Athon. It said it was a recommended read. She goes, "This book is bad, but it's bad in a fun way." A simple favor reminded me of a Lifetime movie or possibly a daytime soap opera. It was cheesy, melodramatic, and over the top. In order to fully enjoy a simple favor, you need to suspend your disbelief. Sit back and just let the batshit crazy, all caps, plot (laughs) unfold. My sister watched the movie, hated, loved it, and told me I had to read the book. So I did. Every character in this book is unlikable, and I'm a just say it. They crazy as hell this book isn't funny but i laughed so many times i did laugh a lot (laughs) each plot choice was crazier than the last one and the ending was truly nonsensical but i'm not mad about it i'm not going to recommend a simple favor because this book was not good but for those of you like me who like to read bad books for fun a simple favor might be worth your time oh goodness (laughs) (sighs) okay finally a one out of five my favorite review ever, I think. Yeah, it's it's top. It's up there. One out of five. The only nice thing I can say about this convoluted, ridiculous, and boring, all caps, hella long novel is that the author, Darcy Bell, is one lucky person. How she managed to get this stinker of a book <laughs> sold for movie rights is beyond me. Maybe to a Lifetime channel, but major motion picture, all caps. Starring Blake Lively, Anna Kendrick, and Rupert Friend. Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) What do you really feel? (laughs) Yeah, don't hold back, please. (laughs) I want to say something. There's a lot of times in the episode where I'm just like reading these reviews and I say, do better. Um, Y'all listen because these are all better. Y'all did very well with these reviews. Thank you. (laughs) same goes for the movie reviews because this is the first time i've seen movie reviews on imdb that were shorter than thesis length 
And it made me so happy. I mean, granted, there were some that I skipped over that said warning spoilers. And if you expanded them, it was like a whole page of text. But in this case, I just skipped over those because I knew I didn't want to hear about the therapy issues that these people were dealing with. And FYI, this is not the movie for that. Just want to put that out. Yeah. So on IMDb, user ratings, we had... A little over 145,000. So definitely more than the Goodreads uh, ratings. But for actual reviews, there were only 908 actual like text reviews. Hmm. And the highest out of that was uh, at 34% was 7 out of 10. It overall got an average of 6.8 out of 10. So it's another one hmm. of those lopsided pyramid situations. Yeah. Yep. So the first review was a 10 out of 10, and the title is Escaping Le Norm, L-E space N-O-R-M. Amongst fabulous backdrop of modern architecture, beautiful people, and stylized, fashionable, perfected stereotypes comes a great twist of unexpected and entertaining mystery with a comedic element of the school mum's plight. So I think the same person that read your version of the book, Mel, wrote this review. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like nothing else. We need more films like this. Escapism to a poised and erotic yet nostalgic French soundtrack with roles of female strength, humor, surprise, and relatability! Exclamation point. Brilliant! (laughs) Brilliant! And then, loved it. Perfect casting. That I will agree with casting. Yeah. But why they were excited about relatability and brilliant and not loved it and perfect casting, I don't know because those both end with a period. Yeah. Oh well. And the relatability was okay. All right. I, I don't see it as relatable, but maybe that's because I'm not a suburban Connecticut mum. Yeah, these also just five-year-old. seem like um caricatures, really. Yeah. Unless there really are people out there living that type of life, then, you know, more power to you. If there are really people like that, I never want to go to that place. (laughs) Ever. The next review I have is a 7 out of 10. I picked this one because of the uh, highest category of ratings. But I just like this title. Better than I thought. (laughs) So this person was went into the theater thinking this is going to be crap. And they, they walked set out. Set the bar real low. Yeah, but they walked out and they're like, "Meh, wasn't as bad as I thought." That's it what was, I like to do in life in yeah. general. Just set the bar real low. <laughs> yeah. Expect disappointment, then you're never disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the review says, "I've seen so many noir type films that there's nothing surprising to me." I had a, I had very low expectations for this film, so it was better than I thought it would be. Fun film. What does it. this have to do with noir type? I don't. Is this? A I don't. Type? I don't know. I really don't know. And that I is why I want to say it's not. That is why I struggle to find reviews that would be relevant to our take on the film and the book because there were a lot of them. I think I was talking to you about this earlier, Mel. Is there were a lot of reviews that were expecting this to be some kind of like Hitchcock level thriller type thing. <laughs> And there were they read the book? I I don't know. 
You know what, actually? Even if you read the book and you went into the movie, I don't think you would have expected that level. No, I I actually know why now. Because I I just had a flashback here. Um, It's a theme of the month. I remember when the trailer came out for this. The trailer seemed pretty dark. There were a lot of reviews that said that the movie was nothing like the trailers made it seem. And I wasn't expecting the comedy and stuff like that. Yeah, because I remember being surprised when I saw Andrick, Anna Kendrick in it. Because I was like, "Oh, that's that's a new that's a new role for her. Mm-hmm. She's she's a you know funny one. She's funny. She's adorable. Yeah, but it turned out to be just her you know perfect for her. So that I think that might be why because people are going to it based on the trailer. Yeah, thinking it is going to be that sort of yeah. Okay, all right. Which which got that it. has happened to me before. I'll see a trailer and I'll go in and see the movie. I'm like, that was nothing like I expected it to be. Yeah. Come on, Hollywood. Do better. Yeah. Yeah. Not reviewers anymore. Hollywood in general. Hollywood, do better. Do better. You, you're tricking us. Yeah. We don't like it. We're not stupid. Well, we are because we go and we pay the money to go see it and then yeah. we're upset. Exactly. But then we go on and we write our reviews and we tell other people not to go see it. So joke's on you. Yep. Not really. Anyway. No. Okay. And then I have two last reviews. They're both one out of tens. And I picked these. I'm going to be totally upfront because one of them is because of a connection to another adaptation that we reviewed. And then the other one, just because it was straight up funny. Uh, The first one is a one out of 10. Like I said, OMG, what a train wreck. The plot doesn't make sense. The acting is bad. And overall, this movie sucks donkey balls. This is a dude. Probably. Always. I didn't pay attention. Not many women are out there writing out donkey balls. No. No. Okay. So that was my little hee hee. They said donkey (laughs) Donkey balls. balls. Yep. And the last one is, again, a one out of ten, titled Garbage! Exclamation point. (laughs) This trash is what passes for entertainment nowadays. At least Meryl Streep isn't in it, I suppose. One star for that small mercy. <laughs> Poor Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep has been in several of our adaptations yes. so far in our episodes. Oh, poor Meryl Streep. <laughs> and on that note, let's let's talk about the characters and the casting of this movie. Um I will say it looks like Jackie and I are on the same page when it comes to this because there really are only three actual main characters. Mm -hmm. You have Stephanie, Emily, and Sean. The difference between the book and the movie is that in the book, you get the story from all three point of views. Where in the movie, there's really no narrator for it. So you get most of it through Stephanie. You get a couple glimpses with... um, Emily, but then Sean is just there, like men are. <laughs> a, a couple, a couple other minor differences too is Stephanie's last name in the book is Ward. In the movie, it's yeah. Smothers, which is which appropriate, is I think. And then <clears throat> Emily doesn't have alter egos or other aliases in the book, really. Yeah, it's just Emily, and that is actually her name. Yeah. And then when we talk about her sister, her sister's name is Evelyn. So there's none of this hope, faith, charity thing, because apparently they were supposed to be triplets. Yeah, there's no triplet. Um, there's no, no killing the triplet so you, in the womb. Yep. So we just get those characters, Stephanie, Emily, and Sean. 
So casting, Stephanie Smothers in the movie are the lovely Anna Kendrick. I do love her. I do, do love her. So I I was reading some stuff about it and I found this and I I put it in here because it's, it's so accurate. The Anna Kendrick Stephanie is very like um, bubbly. She's definitely clever. Uh, She's funny. And it's like a straightforward character in the movie. But the book, the Stephanie is, is kind of weird and kind of creepy. And she's very manipulative, which is not the case in the movie. They say she's spookier in the book. And I agree because she's very like what they say, a single white female or Stepford Wives type deal. It does give you that feel in the book. Yeah, but in the book, I don't think it's entirely intentional. I don't think she sets out to be like that. I think that's just the way that she is. It's really, yeah, which makes really it, weird. Yeah, and I think that makes it worse. Because if it's intentional, like how Emily's doing things intentionally, you're like, well, she has an end game, right? She has a an end goal in mind. Mm-hmm. And that's what she's trying to go for. Where Stephanie is, she's doing these fucking weird things. And there's really no goal it's just yeah it's like it's not intentional she's just doing it because she's strange she's very very uh and i think that was in one of the things that you found very malleable like anybody who encounters her can mold her into what they want her to be and there's actually a moment at the end of the book where sean it's from sean's point of view and it's when um emily and stephanie are in the living room sitting on the couch and and stephanie is saying stuff that quote happened end quote and it didn't happen it really ever. Didn't. No. And he realizes that she honestly, truly believes that this shit happened. Yeah, Stephanie does. She's, there's, there's something psychotic there. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's that. There's that. Then there's Emily Nelson. Miss Blake Lively. Lovely. And gorgeous. We already fanned out on her earlier. So, so great. I think she was absolutely stellar in this role. This role was made for her. Yeah. Definitely. Sean Townsend, who is the husband, is played by Henry Golding. From Crazy Crazy Rich Rich Asians. Asians. Yeah. Yeah. He is a very attractive man. Yeah. Annabelle loves that movie. I wonder why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I added this one. He's not a major character, but it gets us another Jane Austen tie-in. Because we have Mr. Dennis Nylon, who is Emily's boss is played by none other than the Rupert friend. Mm-hmm. Who is Jackie? The awful, awful, awful Mr. Wickham. From Pride and Prejudice, the Kira Knightley adaptation. Written by Jane Austen. We did it! Every fucking episode. <laughs> we, <laughs> that is our thing now. We are going to find out how Jane Austen ties into this. Forget six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We're doing six degrees of Jane Austen. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it'll work next speaking week, of, too. Speaking of Jane Austen, mm-hmm. the master of the romance, romantic plot that she is, let's get into this plot. We have the beginning here. We meet Stephanie first in the book, as well as the movie. But the big departure, we've already touched on this a little bit, is that in the book, she's writing a blog. So this is sort of like a, um, you get a semi-epistolary type uh, approach in this book where we're getting uh, 
content through her letters, her blog, the emails. So uh, we get that from her where in the movie she is doing the blog. So she's in front of the camera and she's, you know, doing her thing and she's talking to us as her listeners slash readers, whatever, which I, I enjoyed that, that they changed it in the movie to be a vlog. I think it makes more sense. And it's more relatable. Definitely. And also this is an example of why you need to read chapter titles because mm-hmm. the first time I realized that it was not Stephanie's blog, I had to go back and skim the chapter titles to realize that anything that started out with Hi Moms was a, an actual blog entry and not yeah. just Stephanie thinking. Yeah, because you go her between story. her. Yeah, so you go between her blog entries and then she's like, well, actually, what really happened was yeah. this. Yeah. Which is like, uh, weird. I'm with you. And then actually, I had to do a double take because I didn't realize that it switched over to Emily. Mm hmm. I was like, this is weird. Why is Stephanie talking this way? I was like, oh, oh wait, this is Emily. <laughs> so yes, read those chapter titles. Uh, so we have that. Um, there's also this big difference, which I wonder if it would have been too complicated to get into in the movie. I don't see how. I think they could have done this easily. But in the book, Blake Lively's character, Emily, in the book, she basically like stalks She's hunting and she even talks about how she's a predator, right? Mm-hmm. Is that she's looking for someone to make friends with so that they can do this like heist type thing, the security insurance fraud. Yeah. But in the movie, it makes it seem like it just it was like happenstance. Like they just saw each other across the parking lot and <sighs> like. <laughs> and also, the book makes it very clear that their whole friendship took a long time like it took a long Mm -hmm. time for emily to finally ask for that simple favor quote unquote um to pick uh what is it nikki up from school Mm -hmm. and keep him until whenever and then she would be back that night whereas in the movie it seems like they meet um stephanie goes over to her house to hang out with her and drink martinis which is another departure because i don't think i read a single thing about martinis in the book um she i think she does make her a martini because she talks about the vermouth like just coating it and then dumping it she does i don't i don't remember that um it's just one scene yeah you know why i remember that is because i just read the book and then when we did the martini tasting on the ship talking about that that's why i remembered it because she does mention in the book but it literally is like half a sentence yeah the the woman that ran the martini tasting for us on the ship said that when you make a martini just essentially show the bottle of vermouth to the glass the martini glass and then put it back yeah that's it yeah yeah (laughs) because that's essentially what emily does she's like you put a couple drops in you like swirl around the glass and then dump it yeah yeah but like i was saying in the movie it's she goes over how she makes her a martini and then it seems like three days later Emily's asking Stephanie, hey, can you pick Nikki up from school and keep him? I'm going to be home from work. There's a a work emergency. I'll be home by nine at the latest. It seems like a much shorter time frame. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Which I think they try to do like some, what do you call that? Like time lapsing, not time lapsing, uh, 
but they show them like having a few things together. They do a few like play dates to make it seem like maybe it's a week, maybe mm-hmm. it's more, maybe it's a couple weeks, but it does feel super rushed. Um, other thing on that, when they're in the park, the first like play date they have, and she takes the picture, and then Emily's like, I'll fucking kill you. I mean, she doesn't really do that, but mm-hmm. she's like, Don't take my picture. That there's none of that in the book. Like no. she doesn't care. I think there's actually pictures of her because when they announce that she's missing, they use a picture. Well, yeah, because it, that goes along with the fact that in the movie, Emily has aliases because she's yeah. trying to escape who she was. Whereas in the movie, she, or sorry, yeah, in the movie, she has aliases. In the book, she is who she was when she was born. Yeah, she just doesn't, she's just lying about, you know, her family being dead and some other things. She doesn't talk about having a sister. Yeah, because they, yeah, because they talk about edi- editing out the, face of the sun to put Mm -hmm. on the internet with her yeah so she's got pictures so that was kind of weird they did introducing this alias thing and then pictures i'll fucking kill you don't take pictures of me like damn girl all right like i don't like pictures of me either but it's usually just because i don't like double chins you know (laughs) i need to be at the right angle (laughs) oh jeez you sound like maggie now (laughs) i don't like no 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 i don't like it another thing in the beginning is when she goes to the house for the first time in the book there's it's sort of like foreshadowing too because there's this painting of twins mm-hmm. and emily does this whole little like oh who do you think the dominant one is look at my look at my super fancy art of twins and stephanie's just like oh that's nice but in the movie <laughs> she shows it to this house walks up the first thing you see when you walk through it is just this painting of like her snatch <laughs> like, like, what the <laughs> like big <laughs> she snatched Portrait of yeah. twins as girls versus someone's snatch. How yeah, like, how do you get from point A to point B in that? Really? It was so weird. They're like, you know what? We're going to paint um, a portrait of Blake Lively nude, but full on bush. Like, that's going to be the focal point of this painting. I mean, that, that opened it up for her to remove the frame and see the artist's name and go find this woman. Yeah. But- so both paintings, the book and the the movie one, they play a big role in the plot, but it was just so far off. It's like here's twins and here's my snatch. Like it, like okay, okay. So there's that. Um, another thing is that when Emily does, you know, go missing, quote unquote, uh, we find out that the insurance payout in the movie is four million, while in the book it's two million. Here's my thoughts on this. I think for all the trouble that they're going through to get this fake and my own death, get an insurance payout, I don't know if $2 million is worth it. No, it's not. And it's also really, really outlandish when you think about the book because Sean's character in the book, he's he's in an investment firm on Wall mm-hmm. Street and he apparently is very successful. Mm-hmm. why is the insurance policy only two million it seems like it should have been flip-flop because in the movie he's a fucking author who's written one book and he's yeah, and a professor she's like, yeah she's basically supporting them which How- i kind of like that they made that change because it makes more sense at that point for all these financial issues that they're having in the book because i was thinking the same thing i'm like he works on wall street and she is a director of a pr for like a huge designer yeah and they're talking about like we're middle class. Like, no, no, Jackie and I are middle class. Yes, we we might even be considered on the upper end of the middle class scale. 
Except I'm homeless, so. <laughs> she, Jackie is in between homes. She's not homeless. Well, I don't, yeah, but I don't have a home, so. You have multiple homes, technically. True story. That you can, that yeah. you can reside in. Yeah. Anyway, but I was thinking that when I was reading, I was like, why do they have such money issues? It doesn't seem like they're doing anything outlandish. They have a nice house in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. She, they have nice cars, but did, did you get into some, were they the ones buying the, what's it, Bridget Jones' mother's timeshare scheme? Like, did they probably scammed out of money? Like, what? Julio, <laughs> Julio played them a visit. Yeah, Julio got to them. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't understand that. I kept questioning it too. Um, maybe we had to suspend, but here's, okay, okay I'm going to say something. And please Which soapbox is this? Um, this is my no. I, okay, I'm just gonna say it. This is my. I'm a Midwestern housewife, and I don't actually know how the rest of the world works. <laughs> and this is just based on my my own <laughs> beliefs. Because if I'm thinking about the author, okay, she's a preschool teacher in Chicago now, but mm-hmm. she grew up in Iowa. All right, like Western Iowa. Looking at town, it looked like it was. In the middle of nowhere. Like she's basically like, it belongs like on, on set. small town murders. Yeah. Or she was like on the set of sharp objects. Like that's, <laughs> that's what it looks like. So this is no offense to anybody out there, like at all, not all, but I, you can, when you write about something that you have no experience with, this is why people get upset and complain about, you know, white authors writing, you know, black characters are, or, you know, non-Muslim authors writing a, like a Muslim story, like things like that, where you have no experience about it and you're trying to write a story, which I don't grief anyone for doing that. Like, I think you can still have a good story, but it does feel like you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So she has these two very, very successful people that there's no indication that they actually have any, that caused any of these issues, but they just have financial issues. And they're going to get an insurance insurance payout of $2 million. Like, none of that actually lines up and feels like reality. Uh, plus the fact that in the book, they constantly make the um, statements or comments about the fact that, well, we'll live in Europe somewhere until the mm-hmm. $2 million runs out. I'm like, who the fuck is blowing through $2 million that quickly? Like, what are you doing? What are mm-hmm. you doing? But also, I feel like it could go the other way and you could blow through it that quickly because you could if if you're a a married mother who is acting like you're a single not mother but if you're going over to europe here's another thing like you can't just go to europe and like claim residency most european countries have stricter immigration laws than we do in the united states yeah if you're there for (laughs) more than 90 days or something you have to go through processes. yeah and even just even getting like health insurance is almost impossible trying to find a job would be impossible mm-hmm. if you don't do it ahead of time getting residency renting an apartment like it's really hard mm-hmm. so here's another instance where i'm like somebody is writing about something they have no idea about yeah but anyway okay soapbox away soapbox <laughs> away but you never said which one that was it's it's the midwestern Okay. I don't know how the rest of the world works. Okay. I'm going to take out the housewife thing because I think that's unfair. Yeah. But just the Midwestern, I don't know, ignorant. It's my ignorant soapbox. Okay. Put in the back. 
last thing I want to talk about in the beginning of this movie is can we talk about Stephanie's brother? Do we have to? We have to no. because it becomes such a big part of this book. But I feel like if you took it out, it would not change the, the story. No. So why is this author just, is she just trying to be hmm, scandalous? Like what? I think it I think it plays to Stephanie as a character. I think it plays to her like self-important kind of I've seen some shit kind of stuff. Honestly. Uh, I mean, maybe or or it may be more of like the she's been so sheltered and she's done some what she believes are absolutely horrid things, but in reality compared to other things they're they're bad. Like murder? But, yeah, but she never murders anyone. She helps somebody cover it up. She's complicit. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that, like, the whole... She makes a big deal in the book when she writes the uh, blog about her husband and brother dying in the same car crash, whatever. And she talks about everything that happened. They were hanging out on the front porch and she sent them off to go get steaks or whatever. And oh, I think then, she's just overcompensating. Well, the next like she feels really guilty. Yeah, the next well, the next chapter, she's like, "That's not ha- actually how it happened." And yeah, she's and given us the nitty later. Later on in the book, she talks about how well the affair didn't end when she was in college. It continued. Uh, Davis went out of town and stuff like that. Okay, so let's let's talk about this because we're getting a little ahead of ourselves and probably losing people. So Stephanie has an affair with her half brother. So her, we find out that her father, it's alluded to like, it kind of, she says it, but doesn't, we just kind of have to understand that her father had like a secret life and another family. So he has a son and this son is, I, I guess like a couple years older than she is. She's 17, 18. The son, I think is like 20, 21. I don't know. Um, yeah. So the, her father dies and they're at the wake, they're at their house after the funeral, and this guy shows up. And it's this big thing about the mother's like, oh, it's like almost dropped something. Because apparently he looks just like the father when they when he was younger. And th- so, you know, they she doesn't know him. Like, they didn't grow up together. She just, just shows up and they're like, oh, I didn't want to, you know, make a big deal. I just wanted to come and say goodbye to him, blah, 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 blah. Whatever, whatever, whatever. So they invite him in. He's family. The mother is pretty open about it, I thought. You know, knowing that her husband just died and found out that he had a whole secret life and was cheating on her and had another child, she seems to take it pretty well. So he stays the night. Here's the thing. You go, oh, well, it's late. He couldn't possibly drive. So you can stay here. Or she gets him a hotel or something, I think, in the book. But in the movie, he stays at their house in the basement. And she remember this is what drives me crazy, is when Hollywood doesn't pay attention to what they're saying and what's on screen. Because they say, it was really late. And he couldn't possibly drive back home. And if you remember, they're in the basement, but it's like one of those with the windows. It is fucking midday. <laughs> the sun is brining, shining bright through the fucking window. It is. There's no lights on there because they don't need any because it's so bright. Like, it's so late. He couldn't possibly drive back. I'm like, he looks like he could make it halfway across the, the, the country. Yeah. Probably, or at at least Texas. I don't know if he was driving. Yeah, like he's fine, but no, he stays. And then that night, in both the book and the movie, they 
they hook up. They mm-hmm. shacky shack. Like they're they're shagging. Yeah. Which okay. So I know we're supposed to have this reaction, like, ew. And I do. I do have that reaction. But at the same point, I'm like, I don't think it's as I don't know. I don't actually know. Because they don't know each other. But they do know this one fact that they are half siblings. Yeah. And it's still gross. Uh, but I would I would just like to point out, Mel, the reaction yeah. that you had to Mansfield Park. Yeah. They were cousins. I know. I know. I know. These are half siblings. It's worse. This yeah. is actually incest where cousins apparently are, are not just, considered just incest. imagine <laughs> your youngest. No, I don't want to imagine that. Stop it. Okay, so does no. that change your viewpoint on this whole situation? Yes! It's gross. <laughs> it's fucking gross. <laughs> it's so gross. You're welcome. But, like, I think what I'm saying is her reaction was she's just trying, I'm like, okay, you didn't know. I mean, it, was, it is weird. Like, why the in the both of them? Like, ugh. But here's where she makes it fucking weird. Is she's talking about how he looks like their father when he was younger and she looks like her mother. Yeah. And then when they look at the wedding picture of her parents, it's basically like them. And she's like, that's hot. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Gross. These are your oh, parents. So gross. And you're talking about it in, in reference to your half brother. All of this is bad. All of it. Mm. Every last bit. There is so, not one good thing about this whole situation. So she continues on this relationship with her half-brother, which makes it even so much worse. Like, the one-night stand, the hazy-minded, like, crazy emotion. Like, I could forgive that, but still, like, side-eye, you know? I'd be, mm, yeah. But I could, I think I could forgive it. The fact that they carry it on, and then they're like, oh, we tried to stay away from each other, but we couldn't. We couldn't stay away. I'm like, Ugh. I'm like Ugh. So, then she meets davis which is her husband that her or her deceased husband at this point because we don't meet them when they're alive um and she says she meets him while her and chris her half brother are having like a break so they're going through one of their down times where they're like no we can't possibly do this and it's like so she latches on to davis she always talked about how he's such a nice guy and this is what i'm supposed to have like, and oh, i my think she's not on. available so you'll do yes <laughs> yes oh god it just makes me like i get like Ugh. so she latches on to him and i think it's because she's like I, I need to stop this my brother i know it's wrong yes bitch it's wrong so she takes this poor guy davis and she, the way she talks about him throughout the book is like he's He's just okay. Like, he's such a good guy to me. But she never says anything that's like, I love him or lusty or like infatuated. Like, he's just a good guy. Well, it seems more like she says, oh, well, I I know he's the type of person I'm supposed to like. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that she has any sort of like real draw to him whatsoever. She's still thinking about her brother. Honestly, this whole time, I never even thought about this, but Stephanie Stephanie is definitely a character who does what other people expect her to do, but not intentionally. She pays attention to what other people like and she just goes along with it. She's like a sociopath. Yeah. That's what I think she is. She's like, she's trying, she does, she has words coming out of the mouth is hard uh she has no actual personality of her own she is what she is around other people she 
assimilates, I think. So there's that, the brother thing. And then what happens here is that the husband sort of catches on mm-hmm. and he's like, what's going on with you and your brother? She's like, ew, oh my God, that's my brother. Like, oh, and he, her husband's like, because you kind of, you guys act like you're lovers. Yeah. It's the like whole, me thinks thou doth protest too much. Too much. Yeah. And she's like, oh, oh my God. Ew, oh, it's so gross. Ugh. And he knows, mm-hmm. he knows it. And then we kind of find out that um, their son, Miles, is the product of this sinful relationship. Gross. He is her brother's child, not her husband's. Mm. And then that's where the suicide comes in, where the husband, I think he finally realizes this and then says, oh, okay, we're going to go to the store. We're going to go for a ride. It's it's similar in the movie and book. There's some differences. I don't think it makes a big deal. Um, or big difference they go out for this drive and i think he purposely drives the car into a tree kills them both so it's a suicide homicide and then in the book what's different that they didn't do in the movie is that he leaves a note Mm -hmm. for her he leaves it like taped to the bathroom uh mirror or something that she finds later he's like i can't deal with the lies anymore so he leaves a note yeah she's like "I i can't have anyone know um, but she does confess this to Emily at some, at one point where Ma- Miles is the product of incest. <sighs> and she, I think she even makes a statement in the book where she's like, you know, he doesn't have any, there's nothing wrong with him, which there could have been. Yeah, there's no clear incest. evidence that he's the product of incest. But it's very clear that he looks nothing like her husband. Mm-hmm. I think her mother-in-law makes a comment. Like, there's not a single gene of this family in that boy. Yep. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we have that. But this is what I'm talking about, is that we could have taken all of that out of this story, and the plot would have still carried on the same way. Because there's nothing that comes out of this that's really used. Or am I missing something? No, because the way it played in the book, when she divulges all of that information, it's stuff that Emily can hold over her head. But that is never indicated in the movie. Like, I don't Mm. I don't understand it. But even in the book, Stephanie has this mindset that, oh, I'm doing this because I'm her friend, not because she has blackmail material on me. Yeah, it's very strange. She's Stephanie in the book. About halfway through, I hated her. I, I thought she was just so fucking annoying. didn't even t- I think it was like the second or third blog post chapter that I was just like, ugh. Yeah, like she's I'm annoying honest. right from the get-go. But I thought that maybe we'd have some growth or something. Nope. And there was none. There's none. She's just zero dumb. Actually Which negative. Another point. Yeah, yeah. Like really bad. She's just ugh. But that's bringing us to another point. In the movie, when Emily goes missing, Stephanie tries to be like detective mm-hmm. and she does all these little hunting things and investigative. She doesn't do that in the book. No. She's not that smart. She doesn't look for anything. Yeah. Everything. In fact, yeah. It's actually, Dennis does it. Everything. In, yeah. Everything in the book happens to her. She doesn't actually pursue anything. Yeah. She's, she's a weak, weak character. Really weak. Okay. So up until this point, where we're like in the middle of the story from the beginning to then it's not super different, 
the book and the movie are kind of doing the same things. We're kind of following the story um, and wait, making our way through the plot very similarly. There are differences, but it's not, you know, we're not on two different planets. But once we find the body of Emily or apparently, you know, the alleged body of Emily, uh, they get a call saying that a body was found in a lake in Michigan and why they were taking her way out to Michigan is because one, Emily has supposedly has a, like a family house out there. She, they found her through the CCTV, like her in a rental car, making her way kind of out there. So it's like, it's like, I don't really know how we ended up exactly in Michigan. Cause every time that came up, they're like, no, no, she wouldn't be there. No, no. The car went a different way or no, no, we didn't see her after this. But then all of a sudden there's like, oh, we found a body in this lake in Michigan. It's like, oh, it must be Emily. So Sean goes out there. Body's way too decomposed. Cannot physically ID, meaning like visually, I should say, ID the body. But she has the ring, this really spectacular ring that she actually stole from his mother. But she has a story about how he gave it to her because he loves her. But, you know, she's a psychopath. Um but the body has the ring on it. So Sean goes out there, IDs it, and here we are. This is where it starts to get super crazy, though, because Stephanie, like, moves in where he asks her to move in in the movie. But in the book, they're doing, like, this back and forth thing. And she's trying to wheedle her way into the life. She's like, But she keeps saying things like, I can never be, you know, uh, Emily. But, you know, I can, I'm here for them and they need me. It's like his wife literally just died. Mm-hmm. They're going to be okay. But she just needed to be there. Anyway, so she moves in and they're fucking now. That, like, that happened really quickly. In the movie, it almost seems like they have the funeral or whatever, wake, whatever you want to call it. And then that night, they're banging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I would be a ghost haunting the shit out of that. In my house? In my house? In my bed? No. No. Yeah, because I, kn- I know that with you, if Steven died, you wouldn't be like, shoulder to cry on, I'm going to fuck you now. And like me with Nick, no. there would be a considerable length of time that would pass where there was mourning and, you know, I miss him. Yeah. Not just immediately, let's get into bed. Yeah. Or it's or like you die and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to help Nick out. And then all of a sudden I'm just living. Like, no. Yeah. I mean, there's multiple reasons why that would never happen, but you know, just no. <laughs> like the big one being your best friend. <laughs> and she keeps going, my best friend, my best friend's like, you're fucking her husband. Yeah. You husband fucker <laughs> and brother fucker. Brother fucker and husband fucker. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Bitch. Stupid Stephanie. Yeah. So we have this, but now it gets a little weird because Emily, not Emily, Stephanie's like losing her mind a little bit, but she thinks she's losing her mind because we find out in the book she's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. We all as a reader know that Emily's not dead. She's fucking with you because you're fucking her husband. You know? So she's calling her, having her chase her around the house. Like, well, how many fingers am I holding up? What am I wearing? This or that. There's some instances in the movie where it's clear that somebody has been back in the house. The one thing where she clears out the uh, Emily's closet. Oh, yeah. And then the next day comes up. Emily's stuff is like put perfectly back in place there. Yep. 
exactly where it was. Yeah. There's also the investigators. The movie has a very funny detective that is part of it, which really doesn't exist in the book. There's just like the two normal detectives and they think that she ran off or then they find the body and they don't care. Nobody cares. You know how in uh, small town murders, they're always saying that we make fun of the murderers because they think they can get away with it. And the small town Mm -hmm. cops, because they're bumbling police. That is this case. Like they are in the book. They are morons. They're so stupid. They're so stupid. They find the body. Um, but this is where, like, I start to get lost in the book because, I mean, we know that it's all a farce because they're trying to get the insurance money. But then you don't understand, like, why Sean is fucking her. Mm-hmm. You know, he keeps saying this thing, like, this isn't how it was supposed to happen. And, like, how is it supposed to happen? Well, he's kind of and there's an things that too. Stephanie. Yeah. I mean, there's things that Stephanie catches on to in the book where you're like, oh, she's getting it. She, she understands. But she never does. Mm-mm. She's just stupid and naive where the rest of us are like are you kidding me well the the thing with m or stephanie sorry is that she kind of starts to catch on to it but then somebody like emily shows up and tells her a different story and then stephanie's like oh okay yeah yeah we'll go with that like no no bitch so here's really what's happening on the other end in the book you get emily's point of view in the movie you get some of it through emily's first person point of view and then you get some of it from the conversation she has with stephanie after the fact so they want to fake somebody's death fake her death so they can get the insurance money in the movie it's uh emily's insurance payout in the book it's sean's payout but either way there's money to be had if somebody dies and they're thinking about like well how do we do this how are we going to accomplish this but somebody has to go away and then that's where they find Stephanie in the book. They call her the fish, you know, like in a poker game. You always have that one fish that's going to always lose everything. So they hunt her down and, you know, groom her essentially, knowing that she's going to be the perfect person to handle this while Emily is faking her own death. But what happens, why Emily actually finally acts on this is because she gets notice from her twin, her estranged twin sister. In the movie, it's through like a, a letter or something in the it's book, the, it's the picture the that uh, Stephanie finds in the office that um, yeah. Emily's sister sent to her saying, uh, gotta have faith or something. Yeah. 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 Because their names are actually Hope, Faith, and there's a, there was a charity. There was a triplet there, but whatever. Um, so she gets to call or the she gets contact from the twin. And she knows that the twin is always like doing drugs and bad but at this point the, the, the twin is suicidal but in the movie the twin is like trying to blackmail her she wants money because she's a fucking drug fiend she goes out to this cabin in the book it's a cabin that emily's family owned in the movie it's like this bible camp or something bible summer camp yeah. that they used to go to so it's like one of those little barracks or whatever so she meets her there in the book She's going to basically help her commit suicide. But in the movie, it's not really clear what she's going out there for. But either way, there's this implication that, like, this might be it. Like, my sister and I share DNA. We're identical twins. Um, we This could be our act. So her and Sean make the agreement that 
this is what they're going to do. Well, to me in the book, it seemed like it was kind of a happenstance kind of thing where, Mm -hmm. okay, well, the situation presented itself and I'm going to take advantage of it. Whereas in the movie, it seemed a lot more planned. Like, uh, okay, my sister got in touch with me. Ooh, perfect opportunity for money. I'm going to go out there and kill her. But I think in the movie, they were still trying to... um, the insurance thing yeah. was they thought of that before the sister. So yeah. both times, I think it was very an opportune instance that comes up, but it's, it's in the book. It's more natural. I feel. And then even when she goes out there with her twin sister, she really doesn't want her to die. No, she's going back in the slush. She's like, I, I can just bring her home. I can take care of her. We don't need the money. It's fine. Um, but then the sister she changes her mind. The sisters, you know, I don't really want to kill myself. And that's where Emily's like, wait a minute. This fucks up everything for me. Mm -hmm. If you don't. So she doesn't kill her in the book. She just sort of suggests it. And it almost, it reminds me, I remember a couple years ago, it was, they actually just did a Netflix movie. I think about it, but that girl that got um, charged with murder because she basically talked her boyfriend through killing himself through text message. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I am so out of touch. It was several years ago this happened, and the I'll, I'll send you it after, but there was I forget her name. Um, but yeah, so they charged her with murder mm-hmm. because she, they have the text message where she's like, it, it, "This is the only way. You just do it." You know, like she's basically like talking him through it, and then he does. He kills himself. So this is essentially what happens in. The book here is she's like, well, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, well, in, and then um, in in the book, it also seemed like Emily said, "Okay, I want to talk her out of this because she's my twin, she's my other half. Yeah. Like we are bonded, body and soul, whatever." Um, yeah. And I don't want her to kill herself. And then don't put up too much of an argument when she yeah. makes up her mind. So that I won't feel as guilty. But then when she wakes up in the morning, she's like, fuck. Yeah. She, I, she I just it. let my daughter or my sister kill herself. That, yeah. So. Mm, okay. Yeah. So that's exactly how it happens. She lets her kill herself. She just doesn't stop her. So she doesn't go out to the lake with her. She doesn't get in the water like she does in the movie. She doesn't hold her head underwater. Her sister's like, I'm just going to go for a swim. Because they start drinking and popping pills together before that. So she knows her sister's like really drunk and starting to get really high. So when her sister goes out, it's like, oh, I'm just going to take a swim. I think she realizes that her sister's going out to kill herself. And then she kind of passes out and wakes up and is regretting it. In the movie, she takes her out to the lake. They go out together, gets in the water, and then she holds her head underwater. Mm-hmm. Both times she puts the ring on her finger. Um, so there's that. That was the same. But she actually kills her in the movie. Where in the book, she's just more like, an accessory i don't it's know manslaughter more than murder yeah yeah, uh, yeah. You, if you really wanted to you could probably get her up on something so here we have emily is now we're in the full swing of it like there's no going back bodies in the water she's faked her own death they're they're going full speed ahead the instances where she's sort of messing with stephanie's head is because she finds out that they're you know she's fucking her husband she's like are you kidding me like, this was not part of the plan. This is not part of the plan. Because yeah, she told Sean before she left, she's like, don't believe anything that you hear about me being dead. 
And what yeah, does in he the do? Book, she's like, I yeah. am not dead. Yeah. He's what like, does he believe? Oh she's, oh, she's dead. Because he's fucking stupid. Yeah. Him and Stephanie are probably the dumbest characters in the history of writing ever. These are just dumb. They're not even like you, you can't even relate to them. That's how dumb yeah, they are. They're not Which likeable brings me dumb. back to this. Yeah, this brings me back to this middle, this Midwestern, like just not understanding how the world works type of outlook in life, I guess. I don't know, because these characters don't fucking make sense. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the author had a bad experience with men to think that they're that shallow that they would just start fucking this woman because she's there. I know Steven wouldn't do that. I know Nick wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I know there's many men out there. Most men out there are not going to start shagging their best, their wife's, their dead, recently dead wife, like literally an hour ago, dead wife, friend. Mm-hmm. And if they, and if they are, they were dirtbags to begin with. I don't know. I don't know. I think this author has some issues, <laughs> especially with the brother fucking like that. We had to have so much detail and spend so much time in it. And it really had, it made no difference in the story. None whatsoever. <clears throat> Stephanie could have still been dumb and naive without her fucking her brother. Kind of makes me sad about Henry Golding being cast as Sean Townsend. Why? Just because, like, the character in the book is so stupid, and I like Henry oh, Golding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I fine well, you know how you kind of attribute the characters that they're playing to the actors themselves. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. makes me upset. <laughs> Here's some things though before we get into the end of this. In the book, it's very clear about how she wants to Stephanie wants to keep her house because Davis built it. He put a lot of work into it. It's it's a very nice house. They go back and forth. She never sells the house. But immediately in the movie, like the house is up for sale and she's moving in. But then later on, when she's like kind of catching on to things in the movie, all of a sudden she's back at her house. And I'm thinking, did you sell the house or did you not sell the house? How, how did you get your house back so quickly? Like, there's boxes as if she's moving back in, but did the house not sell? I need answers. <laughs> I, I need answers. I, mean, I need to in, know. In, what in 2018, what was the market like? Let's let's find not out. Bad. Not bad. I, I don't even care. It was not a bad market. Yeah. The, uh, so that house should have been just fine, especially in Connecticut suburbs, right outside of the city of Manhattan. Yeah, commutable to New York. You were selling that house in like two days. Yeah, that house is gone. Bye. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Probably for a so, profit. Yeah, for a fucking hell of a profit. Because I'm sure the insurance, like the life insurance, she got paid off the rest of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway. Um, also, what we talked about this a little bit earlier about how in the movie, Emily has all these aliases. And then we get like this lesbian lover of hers that painted the snatch. <laughs> picture and then she goes to see her and that's where you go oh emily uh, this that and it's like i still don't understand what that had to do with the story because i don't think it did anything the only thing i can think of it didn't do anything for the book plot but for the movie plot because of all the aliases it showed more evidence of her trying to hide aspects of her past i don't know yeah, and let's talk about her hiding her past because in the movie, all of a sudden now, Emily and her psychotic twin sister are arsonists and murderers. Yeah. So that's why they're hiding. They kill- Which is not what happens in the book. They killed their daddy. Yeah. But in the book, they just like left home. They wanted nothing to do with yeah. it. That's all. It's like any Midwestern 
teenage girls like i need to get the fuck out of here yeah. that's it it's <laughs> it's camille Nobody's trying to leave wind gap yeah and made it all the way to st louis mm-hmm. <laughs> an hour away no. <laughs> <laughs> poor camille <sighs> yeah so we have that it i don't it made it more interesting the plus side that we did get in the movie out of this is we got to see blake lively in a super sexy red wig yes that was cool yep so I'm not complaining too hard, but that that was about it. Anyway, so we have that. Um, the big thing I, I take away from the story thus far is that I know the author was trying to play on this, you know, women being apologetic and feeling guilty for things more so than men do. There's a, there's like a feeling there, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't think she's doing it us any justice thus far because she's making these really sort of vapid, weak, stupid female characters. Like, even Emily is stupid, kind of. Yeah. They're not... So, I don't know. I, I You didn't... I know you were trying. I know you were trying. But I don't think you did it. So, let's uh, let's close out this plot now. Let's get to the ending here where there, there's no resemblance from book to movie at this point. Hence, Nothing. Hence my question at the beginning of... Did the screenwriters actually read the book? I think they read it, but they got so bored they stopped and like we'll we'll fucking that or they got the they read the uh, synopsis from the back of the book and they're like okay names Mm. Emily Stephanie Sean okay we'll go with that (laughs) like say no more we got it yep so we listen we bulleted this out in the ending there's three big things okay. Departures because there's so many, but we're going to narrow it down to just these three. One in the book, and do's a little out of order, Jackie. In the book, Stephanie is actually an idiot. Oh, she never redeems herself. (sighs) Don't even to the very Mm. last page, she is a fucking idiot. And okay, also, where in the movie. Going, going back to my beginning question is, are people really still that naive? Some, somewhere, somewhere out there. It's five o'clock somewhere and somebody's that fucking stupid somewhere. Yeah. But in the movie, we get this Stephanie who's clever. She gets onto it and she knows she's like, I'm going to take this back. These people fucked me over. I'm going to fuck them. Oh, over. yeah. She's, and she does yeah, it. Yeah, she's definitely a victim of the game. And then she goes and plays a game of uh, herself. Yeah, and it's brilliant. Brava. Like, fantastic. Two, in the sort of showdown, they both have this sort of standoff. Emily and Stephanie kind of take sides at, at one point, And, you know, they're them against Sean because it's this stupid evil man. Like, whatever. Uh, in the book, nobody gets shot, okay? Nobody gets shot. There's no, like, big... Um, we just call on the police or anything. It's just they they talk and then Sean's like, you know what? I got to get out of here. He takes a job uh, or a project over in the UK. So he leaves. And it's just very like a soft ending. Like he's like, oh, I just don't, you know what? These bitches are crazy. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be here anymore. And that's sort of like it, you know? But in the movie during the standoff where like who done it, who done it, who's, you know, who's on first day, blah, blah. Like it's crazy. You know, we get this final climax where it's crazy. Sean gets shot um, twice, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, one, <laughs> one, one fake, fake yeah, one real. <laughs> so that's that. And also, Sean is in on the whole thing. 
in the movie. Where in the book, he's like kind of just playing along, but then he actually thinks that Emily is dead. Where in the movie, he thinks she's dead for like a minute and then is reminded quickly that she's not dead. Mm -hmm. But he's in on it. So he's trying to like, you know, get with Stephanie. He's playing all along. That's, that's not in the book. Finally, this is the big thing. Emily gets away with it in the book. Where in the movie, Stephanie brings her down. Mm-hmm. She so Emily gets to walk prison. off into the sunset in the book, but she ends up in prison yep. in the movie. So I think uh, I, I give credit to the movie because that makes a bit more sense because there's no fucking way you're going to get away with this. No. Like at all. So well, thank you, Hollywood, for that. In the book, she does implicate Stephanie a lot more than in the movie. Oh, yeah. And we, yeah. we do we did forget to mention the fact that Emily has uh, kills the insurance investigator mm-hmm. and Stephanie helps her like get rid of the body. Yeah. But that stuff comes in. That doesn't happen in the movie. I also think like in the book it was unnecessary. So I don't even feel like we need to talk about yeah. it. It was just a strange thing. And I felt like it was just more to make Stephanie look stupid. To me, it seems like the editor was going through and be like, there's a plot hole right here. There's so many plot holes. Fill it with something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But that's it. Emily gets away with it in yeah. the book. Bye. I find it. I, I found it really jarring that that's how the book ended because it was just mm-hmm. Emily's point of view and I'm going to pack my things with Nikki and we're going to leave. Yeah, we got to go right now. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, where are you going? Where where are you going? Yeah. Can we come? Nope. And it, then it was like author's acknowledgments. Like, fuck this. I don't want to. I don't care what this author acknowledges. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would upset me greatly is if they followed the uh, sequel or if they actually consulted the author for the sequel to write it. Yeah. And they go with stuff that happened in the first book that never appeared in the first movie. But she's in prison. I know. I don't know how. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to find out. But Maybe she got out on parole. Hmm. I mean, possibly because she didn't actually like, unless they got her for killing her sister. I mean, she really, it's just, it's like a white collar crime, right? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, eh, whatever. It's that Emily walks off into sunset with Nikki and we're all left in the dark. <laughs> you know what? That's what this, that's what this cover is. Yeah. I realize it now. That's what the cover is. Oh, she's just walking off into the sunset Bye. even though that looks like it might be a guy. I don't know. Well, it looks like the fog also. Yeah. It's the mist. Like we're left in the fog. It's the mist. They're walking off. Stupid. And with that, you know, um, maybe it's time we give our reviews. Yes. I uh, I read first, so I'll go ahead and review <laughs> first. I'm going to give this book a two out of five. Two stars. And it's really because it was a goddamn mess of a story. And the plot was just all over the place. Uh, but it kept me interested. There's never a point where I was like, I can't read this anymore. So I didn't actually want to DNF it, but the do better. This author needs to do better. The movie, I'm going to give an 8 out of 10. Because I love uh, Anna Kendrick. I love Blake Lively. I think they did the story more justice in the movie. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I was cracking up. 
So eight out of 10. Well, I would say they did the story more justice because they played different characters, but mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the movie, I'm a little less forgiving than Mel. Uh, six out of ten. Uh, there were a lot of differences from the book, but overall, moderately enjoyable. Um, I do really enjoy Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively, and I could be persuaded to up my review. But you don't need to, Jesse. <laughs> don't Stephanie this. I'm not gonna say. I'm you sorry. Gave it six. You stick with six. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, six out of ten. The book, however, I agree with Mel, two out of five. Uh, And I will say maybe it's because I watched the movie first. I kept expecting Stephanie to snap out of it, and she never did. And I hated that. To the very last minute. She was so so fucking naive. And what set me off was when Sean, it was from his perspective, and uh, they were talking about how um, Sean supposedly abused Emily. And Sean Mm. looks at Stephanie and says, holy shit, this bitch actually believes this shit. No, she crazy. She crazy. So that's, that's why I have to give it a two out of five because i i can understand if a male author writes women this way but a female author to write a woman like yeah i'm with you yeah absolutely i that made it so much worse for me i can't take Mm. take some lessons for from sjm maybe yes yeah Yeah. or jla yeah or jane austen yes (laughs) a woman who is absolutely repressed in 80s like she wrote women better she wrote strong smart women during a time when women were not supposed to be strong and smart yeah and wrote them fantastically yes read some jane austen yeah darcy yeah get out of iowa please <laughs> well she's in iowa, chicago we love you darcy bell chicago. you're amazing um kind of. but live life a little bit please yeah, I'm going to agree with that uh, one out of five rating. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> she got the motion picture. <laughs> okay, so we get to read, watch, or DNF. Mel, what do you say? Just watch it. Yep. Same. You're going to get everything from watching it. Don't don't read it. You'll, you'll end up bitter and sour <laughs> like me and Jackie right now. <laughs> My... My take is if you watch it, you won't find Stephanie nearly as annoying as she is in the book. Yeah, she's like just funny and quirky and you're like, she's got problems. But like you could probably still hang out with her on occasion. And honestly, maybe because Anna Kendrick played her, the way she plays her, I just did not find her annoying at all. It was just her character. So Mm -hmm. definitely watch. Watch it. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so that's it. That's it for Mystery May. We're we're done. No more mystery books for a minute. Thank at God. Least. Yeah, but Jackie says that. But <laughs> uh, we have suspense coming up. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jackie and I like we've said this a little bit before in the other episode. Uh, we got drunk and decided to plan out the rest of the year for our podcast and what we're going to do. And I don't know how this happened, but we decided to do Twilight. For the month of June. There were copious amounts of alcohol involved in that decision, I think. Yeah. yeah. So for Pride Month, we're doing sparkly vampires. Yeah. And that's nothing. We didn't put those two together. I just, I 
realized the other day that it's it's Pride Month coming up. Actually, my daughter reminded me. She's like, "Why didn't you do like, you know, some sapphic novels or or you know, you know, gay character stories well, for June?" I was like, "That's a really good idea, Norin, and I I love you and thank you for reminding me." But we um, we already committed to this. Yeah, because we, we watched thinking. one movie and we're totally invested now. We can't. We yeah, can't we have out. to. Like, we're. We're doing all of Twilight for June, so we have four books and five movies. Hmm. <laughs> we're doing it a bit different, Jackie and I, because we both read all the books. I think when we were on deployments like years ago, so we've read all the books already. All right, we are going to read them again, but what we're going to do is we're going to watch first, both of us, and then read, and then we'll we'll record the episode. So it's a little bit different for the month of June, um, but it's probably just going to be me and Jackie miserable for every episode. Um, I don't think we're going to say anything nice about any of the movies. So if you are a big Twilight movie fan, I, still listen. Um, we'd love to hear your input uh, on social media. Reach out to us. If you have any things you want us to bring up, topics you want us to talk about, we're, we're all for it. Um, but June's going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. So next week we're doing Twilight. The first We've already watched the movie the other day and our two teenage daughters were sitting behind us at the counter going like they were not, they were, uh, they, they didn't like, they were totally unsympathetic. They were so unsympathetic about the conversations that were happening between teenagers in the movies. 15 year old girls are brutal. That's what we learned. But not awful. Like middle school. Not awful. Just brutal. Yeah. Middle schools, I'm, if my younger daughter was up there, she would have been absolutely atrocious. <laughs> we'd, I think we'd be crying from how hard she's making fun of that movie. Just so you know, Mel, Brutal. I do not think that Sarah's awful. I love her. It's just middle school girls in general and their interactions with other people are the worst. Awful. So bad. No, she's bad. She's mean. Sometimes she, she made my mother cry. Jeez. Uh, yeah, she hasn't made me cry, but she's caught me off guard a few times. I'm like, that hurt. <laughs> she doesn't know what she's doing. So I might have her watch when we watch the next one. Was it Breaking Dawn or whatever fucking movie? Well, it is, I, d- I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll have her watch it with us for the commentary. Right now we have Twilight with our 15 year old commentary. Well, I get back from Georgia at like 10 something in the morning on Monday next week. So yeah, we'll do it then. Yeah, we'll be ready, guys. So. As always, check us out on social media. Come listen, like, follow, rate, review, whatever, whatever. We just want to, we just, we do this for you. We want your love. Yeah, we need it. We're desperate. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, until next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.